Five minutes left. Five minutes left. Doing it. Doing it. Doing it. Doing it. Five minutes left. everyone you got three minutes three minutes One minute left, one minute left. Please stay with your breakout groups if you've done finished. Please stay with your breakout groups. Oh. Wanting. Anything.
nothing but to stay in bed all day, hit the snooze button. Uh, I'm thinking uh, of all the different uh, ways that I uh, can play sick. But is it gonna be worth it when it's reflected on my paycheck? I know the duty calls, but call a duty calls. Wanna call the workplace and tell them that I've been working all night. <laughs> Alright everyone, start heading back to your seats, find a seat in the front row. Huh? Why can't it be like what? all those grades go oh, okay. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to Elevate. 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 Let's do it on beat. Turn the beat up a little bit. Ready? Uh, elevate. Gotta do it fast. Elevate. 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 Alright, that's enough of that. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to Elevate. We're here every Friday, 7 p.m. It's rainy outside, but we're still here. And when it's sunny, we will still be here as well. Amen. Alright. Discovering your purpose featuring guest speaker, Pastor Gary Rogan. I hope I said that right. Yeah, I think I did. Alright. He's an awesome pastor. He's gonna be here. Friday is going to be our next E-Night, June 26th at 7 p.m. And you will also be here the day, the following Sunday, which is June 28th, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. services. Guys, don't miss this. It's going to be an awesome time to hear from a super anointed pastor that you might never see again. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing that in there. But he's awesome. Definitely come. All right. Loving God, loving people. You got to love God to love people, and you got to love people to show you love God, right? Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense? Oh, whatever. Amen. Hey, that makes sense. God bless him. God bless your heart. I love you. Connect you to the cross. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get you connected to life groups. We're going to get you plugged in. We got multiple life groups throughout the week, multiple life groups throughout all the month. We got different ones for special needs. We got youth life groups. We got the resistance. And we got righteously redeemed. Hey. You want, oh, one more time. Okay, somebody wants one, one more time. Okay. We got the resistance. Uh-oh. And then we got righteously redeemed. <laughs> See, that was favoritism right there. <laughs> then we're going to mentor you. We're going to get you plugged on one-on-one and one on one with the leader in the church who's going to love on you, who's going to teach you what it means to be a disciple, teach you what, you mean, what it means to follow Jesus. You just got to take that step and let somebody know. Let one of the pastors know. Let Steve know. He'll always answer your questions. Amen. And then we're going to get you into the 201. 201 is a classroom-based learning environment to get you plugged in even more, to get you loyal to this church if you're not loyal already. Amen. <laughs> and then we're going to send you out to make disciples and repeat the process. So we're going to make disciples on disciples on disciples and just keep stacking up. Amen. Oh, that was weak. Amen. Y'all look like you're tired because it's raining outside. But if it was a sunny day, y'all would be all hyped and stuff. Amen. Okay, there we go. We want 50 churches in the city of Chicago, 100,000 disciples, and 500 churches around the world. If you believe that, give me the biggest amen you can. Hey, that's better. Amen. Stand to your feet for tithes and offerings. Amen. Who knows what a tithe is? Oh, look, Corey's already raising his hand, man. He's always ready. 10% of your total income. Amen, amen, amen. He got that. And what's an offering? Ah, oh, here we go. What you got? Whatever, whatever you offer to God after your tithe. Amen. Give them a hand. They both got it correct. What is 10% of $5? I don't see your hand. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? Ivan? Really? Y'all don't know what 10% of $5 is? I done lost all hope. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, Ivan. Ivan's been doing jumping jacks in the back row over there. Hey, don't get this wrong, all right? Don't, don't, don't make me regret this decision. All right, he's getting prepared. All right, you ready? You ready? All right, here we go. Here we go. 50 cents. Is it 50 cents? Hey! Killing the game out here, I guess. Not really, though. Acts 20:35. Repeat after me, remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. 
Lord, we come in your mighty name and we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for the word that's about to be given, Lord, and that it would just reap a harvest in their hearts, Lord, that it would touch them to the core, Lord, and they would understand who you really are, God. In your name, we pray these things. Amen. Come forward with your tithes and offerings. Jesus can get a holla. Holla, 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 holla. All right, cool. So I want to get some quick announcements real quick. You actually can sit down, honey. Not yet, not yet. Let me call you, okay? We got plans here. We got plans. We got goals. All right. I just want to give you guys some quick announcements, okay? So Elevate, the summer internship that's going to start in July, all throughout the month of July, is today the last day to sign up, okay? So please, you will see Stephanie in the back where usually she is for the visitor prizes and stuff like that. She'll be there. Next slide, please. It's also, today we want to start signing people up for the mission trip, okay? So the mission trip. Everybody get for the mission trip. <laughs> Woo! Now, if you've never left Chicago in the first place, you want to be able to go out. You want to do something, okay? The summer, come on, you want to do something with your summer. You don't want to just be inside all day just eating, like, Fritos and then just, like, doing stuff like that. No, you want to do something. You want to do something with your, your summer. You want to make some memories. You want to do something for the Lord. And so this mission trip, it is going to be a mission trip. It's going to be about ministry. It's going to be about actually going to reach lost people. We're going to go to New Orleans. We're going to partner with an awesome church out there called Raven Team. They're an awesome, awesome team, an awesome uh, church. And so we're going to be doing it. It's going to be August 2nd through the 8th. So today we're going to start the sign-ups. Everybody say sign up. Sign up. All right. It costs $200, so we ain't, we ain't going to budget that. That's going to be the, the price. We have to cover your expenses going down there and whatnot. But don't, don't hate. Celebrate, okay? It's actually an awesome, awesome time. And if you can do it, just ask your mother, ask your father, ask your, I don't know who you have in your life, okay? Go ahead. Just ask them, okay? Ask your tia or whatever you want to do. Just don't ask on the streets, okay? You're going to be like, I need some money to go on a mission trip. Can you please support me? No, you don't need to do that. You can also win the scholarship by bringing your friends. That'll be free for you. A guy and a girl will be able to win this, this trip, all expense paid trip to New Orleans. If you just bring your friends. Think about that, man. Just bring him. Just don't say, you don't even have to tell them you're going to church. You'd be like, hey, come with me. We're going to do, do something really amazing on Friday. What is it? What is it going to be? It's like, oh, there's going to be candy. It's going to be loud. There's going to be a lot of lights. Really? We're going to go to a concert? Yeah. Oh, well, you can say that, kind of, yeah. You can go ahead and do that. Now, obviously, you want to be honest. You want to let them know that they're lost and they need salvation, <laughs> and that's why you're going to invite them to church. All right. So next thing. Next slide. We're continuing on this month this month and throughout this whole entire summer for the summer of fire. We're talking about this. We're just imparting this into everybody who comes to Elevate because this is our passion. This is what we believe in. You just heard a few moments ago about our vision and our strategy. Our vision is to love God and love people. And in our, our strategy is connect, mentor, send. Now, do we believe that or we don't believe that? We actually believe it, and we want to have that happen with every single person in this room. So we want you to get connected. And when you get connected, we want to mentor you. We want to mentor you to be able to do this, and then we want to send you out to change the world. So everybody say, change the world. So it's something we believe. So now I have a video prepared for you guys. Um, it is not going to be a spoken word, okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, please forgive me. But this is gonna be the video, so everybody, let's pay attention. My mom always told me about God. 
I think I had an idea that God was big and good, but as time went on and I saw more and more tragic things happen around me, I think that was the beginning of me just questioning everything about life and about God. When I was 10 years old, my stepdad came to pick me up and he said that my cousin, Kelly, was dead. I remember being so mad and really just just deciding that if God was big and good, why wouldn't he protect my cousin who is so tiny and so awesome, such a funny, brilliant little guy. Why wouldn't God protect him from a huge muscle guy like his stepdad who beat him to death? I remember thinking that same year that my cousin died about the depth of the evil in the world. I never wanted to have kids. It was just a new person to suffer. That was the year I started to cry myself to sleep every night and stopped believing in God. I couldn't get away from my own depression. So I started studying other religions. There was a lot of nice ideas, but there wasn't any tangible healing. And I remember thinking, I'm tired of the pain in my heart. I'm tired of going to bed that way. I'm tired of feeling like a burden. I'm just tired of not knowing why I'm alive. And so I remember the night I laid in bed and I knew I was gonna commit suicide the next day. I knew that I was not gonna live past tomorrow. On the day that I planned to commit suicide, I came home from school and my grandma was there and she wasn't supposed to be there. And she looked at me and said, there's something wrong with you. You're gonna go to church. I was like, no way I'm going to church. And she screamed at the top of her lungs like we were fighting back and forth and I just didn't wanna listen to her yell anymore. And so I decided, fine, I'll go. And then afterwards, I'll go ahead and follow through with my plan. So I went to the back of the church and slumped down in my chair and hated everybody in the room. And the pastor started speaking and I hated him more than anyone. And he says, there's a suicidal spirit in the room. And of course, all the hair stood up on the back of my neck and I was, well, this is really weird. <laughs> and I got up and went to the door. A white-headed man was standing there and he stopped me. And it was like, the Lord wants me to speak to you. He wants you to know that even though you've never known an earthly father, that God will be a better father to you than any earthly father could ever be. God knows the pain in your heart He's seen you cry yourself to sleep at night. The idea was so overwhelming to me. He's like, do you want me to pray for you so that Jesus can take the pain out of your heart? He put his hand on my shoulder and started to pray. It was as if the God of the universe showed up right in front of me. And the first thing I noticed was that God was holy and good. And the second thing I noticed was that I was so not holy and not good. If God had looked at me and said, go away forever, he would have been right. It would have been just as. The same time I felt that, I felt him inviting me to an embrace of grace and love unconditional. It was like God was saying, I love you. I know you're tired of the way you've been living and I will make you new if you will let me. My heart was just, yes, it just said, yes, I, I need that, I want that, please. And that's why I woke up the next day. I just felt such a peace and 
a joy almost that I had never felt before. Jesus saved my life, and on top of everything else, the life of my son and the new baby. That wouldn't be if Jesus hadn't intervened and rescued me. And the most overwhelming thing is to think that Jesus became sin, and it was my sin. And it was things that I've done that housed him on the cross. It was things that I've done. He hung naked on a cross, bleeding in a shameful way so that I would never have to be ashamed for the things that I've done. The truth is, the truth is, there is no other way besides Christ and what he did. There is no life outside of that. Amen, amen. Can I get my wife to come up to the piano? Uh, today, I really want to just talk about the love of God. And uh, before we, we kind of misinterpret what this is all about, I really want us to understand this, that the summer of fire is meant to be something that that really ignites us to the next school year. It's supposed to ignite our lives and change us forever, transform us. Who is doing that? It's Jesus Christ. And that is a real thing, that we experience the real love and, and fire that's inside of us. We experience passion and, and boldness that we've never seen before. But before we can do that, we have to understand something. We have to see something. We have to experience something. And that is the love of God. The love of God, it is so real. And today, we kind of treat it as if it's so irrelevant, as, as if it's just somebody that we don't even know about that we hear, oh, you know, they really like you, they really love you. So what? Who cares? You ever experienced that in your life where you've heard about somebody that liked you or even like possibly even loved you, obsessed about you, had thoughts about you? You're like, ew, I don't, I don't care, right? No one would care in that regard. We kind of treat God that way. Where we hear about a God who loves us so much and who has thoughts about us. More thoughts about us than there are grains of sand in the earth. More thoughts about us than there are stars in all of the universe. God has more thoughts about us. And he loves us so much more than we can possibly even imagine. Than we can possibly even contain. But we treat it as if it's just some guy that is obsessing over us trying to stalk us, you know, just watching us all the time. Why is he getting in my business? I don't want him to do that. He's as if, as if he's invasive. I'm telling you today that the love of God will transform and change you. That when you hear about the love of God today, that you're going to just understand and just be amazed that there is somebody who actually cares about you that much. There is somebody who actually wants the best for you more than just somebody who says that they love you temporarily to get in your pants or more than somebody just to benefit from you because you have stuff that they don't have. God's love is pure and it is holy and it changes people and it comes just in the right time as well when people are, are just at the the brink of life, when they're thinking to themselves, I can't take this anymore. Everything in my life, is there's no, there's no answer to this. Like how you heard that person. She was saying, I was empty. I was desperate. I couldn't find any. I didn't, I didn't have anything. So I started searching for religions. I wanted truth. I wanted answers. But she couldn't find it. And so she thought to herself, there is no love in the world. There's no point for me to continue. There's no point for me to go on. What happened? in her life. She went to a church. It was just on time. It was God appointed. It was God ordained. God said, I want her to go to this church. There was a, a woman of God that came. It was her grandmother. The grandmother said, hey, you know what? Something's not right about you. She had discernment. Something was boiling down inside. She said, I need to do something about this. She did whatever it took because she understood that the love of God was real and it really wanted to impact that person. It really wanted to impact them so that that, that faithful night that they were thinking to themselves, man, I, I'm, 
I just have already all the ideas in my mind. I know what I'm going to do. I know the pills I'm going to take. I know the, the blade I'm going to use. Whatever it is that they were thinking about. God said, I have, I have, a, I have to, I have to like do something here. I have to intervene somehow. God showed up. Confirmation after confirmation happening. And this is not just all of a sudden, God just did this all of a sudden. This is a story that goes down thousands of years ago. With a man coming down, living a life, a pure and holy life, and then sacrificing himself. Today's sermon is called, When Love Meets the Earth. When Love Meets the Earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight, God, and I thank you for the lives of everybody here, Lord. I ask that your love would just show itself like never before, God. That even if somebody has gone as far as, as they can think of from you, Lord, as far away from your presence as they think they could have gone, Lord, I pray today that your love would shine through, God, like a light that shines through the darkness, God. I pray that your love would be paramount in this place, that it would just completely engulf the people in here, God, that they would realize that there is a real God that loves them, that cares for them, that wants nothing but the best for them, that is passionate, hungry, wanting more for them. God, I pray today, God, that you do that in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Song of Songs, chapter 8. There's actually a book in the Bible called Song of Songs. Now, if you have an older Bible, it's going to say Song of Solomon. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 6 through 8, or through 7. And I'll read it. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 6. Place me like a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. This is a reality that God wants you to understand, that his love is so strong it is as strong as death. If anybody here has ever come close to even dying, maybe you have. Maybe you probably were, like, you were swimming one day and you drowned or something like that, and you were about to die. Who knows? But we all know that we have not experienced death yet because we're still here. We're, we're alive. But there is an absolute fact that when we reach that time, death is absolute. There's no way to get away from it. It happens. It's so strong. You can't, you can't fight it back. It happens. You can see people in hospitals with respirators down their throats and them having all sorts of things attached to them just so that they can live. But death is stronger than that. No matter what happens, it's going to happen. They're going to eventually take away the cords, the tubes, and what's left? A person who dies. Death is jealous. It's unyielding. It's saying, I want more. I want more. I want more. And the Bible is saying here that love is like that. That love is like a blazing fire, a fire that is hot, a fire that is consuming, a fire that takes control and over things. Everybody here ever had a fire that went out of control in there and maybe like you were doing something and just spread somewhere? It's sometimes, it can be scary because you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. It's not a thing to be played with. Fire is not something that you just, you know, you teach a five-year-old how to do it as well. You know, you can teach them as much as you can, but it's still dangerous. But the love, the, the fire of God is burning, it's consuming, it's a mighty fire. And many waters cannot quench love. It can't be just said, oh, you know what, that's enough. I have enough love now. No, not many, many things can't quench love. It's always wanting more. It's always more powerful than that. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. You can't just buy it. You can't just buy love. It is not something you can just buy. You can spend all your life savings on. You can spend, if you can become a millionaire, win the lottery, you still won't be able to buy love. It's impossible. These are all the realities that God wants you to know, that love is this strong, that love is this powerful. And if you've never experienced that, God wants you to show his, he wants to show you his love. 
Now, you might have said, I've experienced some types of love. I've experienced love from my mother. I've experienced love from my parents. I've experienced love from another person, my friends. But the love here that God's talking about is different. The love here that God is talking about is consuming. It's relentless. It is a mighty flame that burns brighter and hotter and consumes more and more. The love of God is penetrating, wanting more of you, igniting you, not letting you be in the same place. It's doing something. It's consuming. The love of God is so powerful and so amazing. If you have your Bibles, again, go to John chapter 3. I'm going to read the most famous scripture verse in the whole entire world. The most famous scripture verse in the whole entire world. John chapter 3, verse 16. And it says this. For God so loved the world. Everybody say loved. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want you to hear that today. For God so loved the world. Who's in the world? People, right? Are you part of the world? Yes, I believe so. Are you part of the world or are you not part of the world? Are you part of Mars? Are you part of Venus? Are you part of some planet that we're, we, you think that you are in? Are you in a different dimension? I don't think so. You're part of this world. You're part of Earth, all right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only son, literally Jesus, to come on the Earth so that he could suffer so that he can be put on the cross, so that he can take punishment that was due to us. Giving up his only son. Why? Why would he do that? Why would this God say this? Is this just something that we have to talk about in Christmas? Then, oh, God so loved the world. Oh, you know, he died on the cross for my sins. No, listen to this. For God so loved you that he gave his only son for you. That if you would just believe in him, if you would just say yes to him, if you would just go after him, the Bible says that you would not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life, real life. Does anybody want an everlasting life? Does anybody want an eternal life? Now, the only reason why you would hesitate is because you're saying, well, I experienced life already and it's, it sucks. It's terrible. I don't use that word lightly, but yeah, it's terrible. But God's saying, no, 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 it's not that kind of life. It's not the, the broken life. It's not the poverty life. It's not the ghetto life. It's not any of that kind of life. It's the eternal life. It's the life full of love. It's the life full of you experiencing my son. It's the life of you experiencing this great love of God that is more powerful, more amazing than things that you can possibly imagine. The love that is like a mighty flame. The love that's like a seal on your heart. That's the kind of love. That's the kind of life that God wants you to have. He loves you. He wants you. He already sent his son for you. This is showing you. You don't, you don't want to say, well, what about the Holy Spirit? This is even talking greater things than right now than that. Our God is a consuming fire that is passionate, that's on fire in love with us. That will do anything and everything he possibly can. And he has already done that. This is the kind of love that we're talking about. I want to share with you guys a story about something that just recently happened. Uh, I believe it was this week. I was invited to go to speak at a school club. I won't say names. I won't do anything. I'll just kind of just let it be that. Those who were there would know what I'm talking about. I was invited to go speak at, at a school club. And it's a school club that we, we've been really hungry and passionate for. And it's a school that I know needs Jesus so much. And when we went to the school club, there were two people that came from the whole entire school. And then... In the course of about 30 minutes, they both left before nothing, anything could happen. Literally, no one from the school then that was a current student was there for the school club. And my heart broke at that point. And I thought to myself, 
You see, this, this whole entire city, this whole entire school, everybody here thinks that they got it. They, they understand the love that they, they're really searching for, the love that they really want. They think they got it. They think they can find it in their relationships, their, their friendships. They can find it in their careers, in their stuff that they do with their life, and the, whatever they do, they can find it. They think they can do that. They think that, really. But yet, they're in chains. And you have people that are loving them, doing something more than other people in their lives are doing, coming out to them saying, hey, you know, we love you. Come to this place. Come to this school club. Hey, you're going to hear about this amazing God of love. And what happens? They don't want it. They don't want to hear about the love. They don't want to hear about that because it seems like he is the weird stalkerish guy that's loving them from afar. Ew, please don't do that. I don't want you to, to, to love me, God. I don't want you to do that. You don't know me. I don't know you. And then what happens? They live their lives. And then it all just fades one day. Fades one day. Just like that. Their life ends. The books are closed. They stand before God. And you stand before a God that's so loving, that's so merciful, so gracious. Standing before a God that says, I reached out to you in this world. I reached out to you with so much love, with people that were representing me. They didn't care about themselves, and they were saying, well, I'm just going to be myself and love people however I want to. No, they were saying, I'm going to love the way that God loves unconditionally. I'm going to love them because you love them. You heard them. You said no to them. What do you think happens at that point when you reject a God who's loving, wanting more and more and being merciful? God's not going to force you to come to heaven. You ever thought of it that way? Oh, you know, he's a send me to hell. He's so, he's, so, he's such a mean God, you know. God's not going to force you to come to hell or to come to heaven. He's not going to say, well, now I'm going to tangle you up. I'm going to put you now in heaven. And you'll never be able to leave. Point is, you never wanted heaven in the first place. You never wanted a real love in the first place. It was always the cheap love. It was always the cheap love. I'll say that again. It was always the cheap love. Yes, I will call your love that you are experiencing, and it's not of God, the cheap love. The love that is quick, that's easy, that's convenient, like the McDonald's love, okay? You go to McDonald's, you think that they love you like your mom when she makes you like a nice hamburguesa and all stuff, and she puts like the extra trimmings and all that stuff. That's some love right there. But you go to McDonald's, and then like you have like that 16-year-old kid with like, the acne on his face. He's like, well, here you go, here you go. That's the kind of love that you want. When you hear of the scripture verse, so hearing about a God who so loved you that he gave his only son for you so that you could have real life, does that express to you a cheap love? Does that express to you a ghetto love? Does that express to you a, a really low-grade love? Or does that express to you a love that is beyond what you can even imagine, a love that you can't even comprehend? This is a showing you that there is a real God who loves you. You know, I understand that we can put up our, our, our hard shells. We can put up our, our hard masks in life and say, you know what, I don't need that kind of love, or I'm good, or I'm confused. But just listen to this. Just listen to this most famous scripture verse that literally has changed millions upon millions of lives around the world. That God so loved them that he gave his only son for them consuming fire, an amazing love. Go to Romans chapter 8. Verse 31. I want you to think about what I just said as I, re I read the scripture verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? Is God, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. 
Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You got Jesus Christ right now actually interceding for you, praying for you right now. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, co conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, everybody say convinced, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the reality here that this love is so powerful that nothing can separate it. The only thing that can possibly separate it actually is you. The only thing that can possibly separate it is you. But otherwise, when you are connected to God, God's saying, I got your back. You're going to be more than a conqueror. You're going to be more than what you can possibly imagine. You're going to be shielded by my love. You're going to be shielded by my faith. You're going to be shielded by it. It ain't some like, only, like uh, fake thing that you think about. No, this is real. His love is all-powerful. It's going to be more amazing than you can think of, that you can fathom. And he's not going to let something come in your way. His love is going to give you wisdom. His love is going to give you grace. His love is going to show you just how powerful he is, just how much he actually cares. Just how much. The only thing that can possibly stop it is you. who You can say at any point, hey, I'm done. I don't want this. I'd rather be my own God. I'd rather be my own thing and do that. You see what we're talking about? This love that is meeting us, that's coming at us like a full speed freight train coming at us. It might seem like it's overwhelming. It might seem like it's too much. Like, how can I really respond to this? How can I really respond to this kind of God? This, this kind of love is something I've never experienced before. I've always just had the, the after-school love. The love that's just kind of after school, you know, from 3 to 6, and then I had to go home and do homework. That's the kind of love I've experienced before, or the kind of love I have to lie to my parents about. No, no, this is a bigger love than that. This is a love that will change you, that will change you. Not just change you because they don't like the way you dress and all that stuff. That's not, like, the way that God's going to do it. I just don't like the way you dress. I don't want you to be around my homies like that. Like he's the jealous God that like doesn't, doesn't want you to do anything or like for your own life and all that. He's not talking like that. But he is a jealous God in other ways. If everybody can stand up. I'm going to read this last scripture verse. And I want this to be the final, the final say in the matter. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. I want to read to you part of Jesus' life and something that he, he taught. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 says, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Jesus was leaning like a G, okay? So that's what you can learn from that. A woman... <laughs> Come on, say amen. He's leaning, he's leaning like a G. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. was she doing this? This is so weird, you know? Why was she doing this? Verse 39. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know he who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Oh, look at that sinner coming to Jesus. This, this guy is coming around preaching the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, and yet this woman who's a sinner comes and starts touching him. Oh, he should know better. That's what the Bible is saying right there. This is what the guy was thinking. Jesus answered him, 
Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And denarii was basically a day's wages. So if you make $10 an hour for about for eight hours, that's $80. $80 times 500, that's a lot of money. That's like a college education right there. Okay, keep, keep them real. Verse 42, neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Here's the reason why. If you don't get this, the reason why you're not getting this because you are not that kind of, you're, you're not really connecting here. The person who has messed up, who is the sinner, the person who understands what they have done, when they hear about Jesus and when they hear about the love of God, they can't stop but just thank God so much. They'll do anything. When she heard of Jesus, he, she understood this guy has come to cleanse my sins. This guy has come to forgive my sins. And she was so grateful. She understood the love that Christ had for her. And she was so grateful. She entered the relationship with him then and there. She was appreciative. Now in this place, I want to ask you, will you be appreciative? Will you actually respond to the love of God? Or will you just be like the Pharisee that thinks that they know it all, do whatever you want to do, but miss the most important things when they're right before you? A God who was so loving that he would literally stay at your house, do what, you know, be with you. The presence of God can be with you everywhere you go. He can, he can be in your life, at your work, at your school. For real. But will you be the Pharisee that says, care and you don't do anything for Jesus or will you really now hearing the love of God respond to him and I'll say it as, as it happened will you get on your hands and knees crying because you know what you've been forgiven of and will you kiss his feet would you be that appreciative of him or are you thinking oh I'm not going to get I'm not going to get my hands and knees from nobody This is the real, this is reality. Let's bow our heads. You can turn off these lights. I'm also going to call the leaders up here. You heard the message. You heard the scripture verses. You heard about the love that God has for you. The question is, will you respond to him? Will you say to him, God, I was so lost, but you have forgiven me of so much, God. I will love you so much, Lord. I will respond to you. I won't be a know-it-all Pharisee, God, that does not care about you. The whole point of this, this summer is to be impassionate, in love with Christ. When you hear about the fire of God, when you hear about people who are bold for Jesus, it's not because they're just bold by character, but no, they're bold because Jesus Christ and their relationship with him is so deep and they've been forgiven so much that they love him so much that they say, I don't want anything to do with my life. I want to make Jesus known. I want to tell the whole world how great he is. I want to let him know. I want to let everybody know just how amazing and what he's done in my life. I want to change the world for Jesus. 
Jesus. That's what boldness is. That's what being on fire is all about. It's about having that fire. It's about having that passion. It's about going after God because you love him. You know who he is. You know what he's done. And then you are in love with him in that real relationship. place right now, if you are running from God, today is your day. Today is your day. If you've been running from God, if you've been saying, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with God, I want you to know today is your day. This is it. If you're hearing about this amazing God and you want that, you want him, I don't want you to make this sermon about something else. I want you to hear it today. It's not about, it's not about a, a, che- a cheesecake. It's not about anything like that. It's literally about the love of God. Don't get it confused. God wants you to know he loves you and he wants to be close to you. And his love will be like a mighty fire. His love will be like a mighty fire that's going to consume, it's going to ignite, it's going to impassion you, it's going to create so much a stir inside of you, it's going to purify you, it's going to consume all parts of you, and there's going to be nothing left but the fire of God. Get ready for that if you want that in this place. Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord. Stephanie, can you come up to the guitar? The thing is, though, is that we're not going to force anybody here to, to be here longer than they even want to be. We're going to dismiss right now, and you can go on your way. Walk away from Jesus. You can do all that right now, or you can come to him. Just simply respond to him. Even if you're scared of his love, even if you've been hurt your whole entire life because people have been just abusing you, have just been telling you how how bad you are, have not cared about you, have not been committed to you, whatever the reasons are, I want you to know right now that God's not like that. God is not going to abuse any person in this, in this place. And we can be so real in this place, and we can call it out for what it is. If your father has left, if somebody has hurt you, have abused you in any kind of way, I want you to know today that God is not like that. He did not intend that for, for that to happen in your life. He wants you to experience a real love, a real joy that you know you want your whole entire life. He wants you to experience it today. And he's calling you. He's saying, come to me. Come to me. Experience the love that is so powerful that many waters cannot quench, that a river cannot sweep it away. Come to me. Experience this love. Experience it. No failure can separate his love for you. No failure can separate. No great building, no great distance can separate it. Even if your father has left and he lives in the halfway across the world and you feel no love for him, that's not how God is. God will be closer to you than even your own skin. He won't be so far away. He won't be, I have no time for you type of thing. He's always going to have time for you. He's always going to be passionate for you. He's always going to want more of you. He's always, his presence is always going to want to give you more peace and love and joy. Jesus. Like I said, we're not going to force you. I just wanted to share that. Jesus, we thank you for today, God. God, we ask you that you would just let your light shine and your love shine. I just pray for your heart to be known right now, for your voice to come so sweet right now into the lives and the souls of the youth here, God. That they here would hear your voice. They would hear who you are, God, and that they would respond that you would cut through the lies, that you would cut through the the fat of the world, God. You would cut through all the things that the world is trying to deceive and manipulate them through to God. And I pray right now that they would hear your voice crystal clear as, 
as, as, as day is, God. God, I ask you that you would be with us, God, and you would continue to have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are, are free to go. You guys are dismissed. I wanted to just end on a somber note. If you want to receive prayer, you can come up and receive prayer. They will pray for you. They're not like Catholic priests and all stuff. They're just going to pray and help pray with you. i